everybody. Welcome to Tapes, 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 a podcast about old movies from our childhood. Our, who are we? Well, I'm Evan William Crockett, and this is my trusty co-also host. I'm Josh. Hey, Josh. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, bud? I'm coming to you live from a cardboard box, and I'm not joking. Oh, is that? Oh, so that's the level of sound dampening that you <laughs> employed. It's not as big as you think. But uh, yeah, I've. Uh, oh, that's what she said. <laughs> okay, well, Don't anyway. You tell what the show is about. <laughs> Sorry. This is a podcast about old movies from my. You definitely should have told me that before I did the intro. I did not know you were in a cardboard box. This is a podcast about old movies from our childhood. Josh and I are childhood best friends. We have survived high school college and the rigors of real life and maintained our friendship throughout that and every week we come together and we talk about a movie that makes us nostalgic that makes us feel things at the end of the episode everything that we talked about culminates in a rating of either be kind and rewind or eject and reject denoting whether this movie is worth your time or whether it's simply a wreck wow pretty hot in the box do you is this where hot boxing comes from do you, yes do you need to poke holes in the box no it's uh, i know what i'm doing i <laughs> <laughs> no you do not i put a little soundproofing in here like some little padding so it's even more hot but uh you know it's getting the job done are you sh- how do you know that it's getting the job done just don't worry about it okay Okay. We'll actually uh, won't know. We won't know because you won't be able to hear it in the edit. Well, Josh, we yet again we have another wonderful guest episode. This time we are joined by the hilarious and talented Anthony. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been this has been really a pleasure. The fact that somebody reached out and was like, "Hey, we want you to do this thing." And it wasn't asking for money. It wasn't somebody asking me <laughs> oh, to like help them move. Did you? I was like, oh, like this is this is nice. Just come on and have fun. Did Just you not around. explain the the fee? No, yeah, I got. Oh, I, y'all, I, I got, I got, I got, okay, no, you got, normally okay. would you imagine it's a pay to play yeah, system. So, the whole Patreon is the same. <laughs> Look, we gotta. <sighs> Anthony, do you want to tell the lovely folks what we watched this week for tapes, tapes, tapes? Yes. Um, as soon as I read the email uh, saying what. <laughs> Evan and Josh had in mind. Um, it had to be a movie that I hadn't watched in 10 years, like 10 to 15 years. Um, and I had not seen this since probably high school. Um, I had us watch Bebe's Kids because I thought that'd be funny as hell. <laughs> Bebe's Kids. Bebe's Kids, which was uh, released on home media as Robin Harris's Bebe Kids. It's a 1992 mm-hmm. American adult animated comedy film. Uh, directed by Bruce W. Smith. This is his directorial debut, um, and it's based on the the 90s comedian. Actually, I'm not sure when he was active, Robin Harris, um, but I, I know that, unfortunately, he passed away before this movie was made. Um, but it's based on basically like a, a stand-up comedy act that Robin Harris released um, that... You know, if you've if you've seen that act and you've seen this movie, then then that makes sense. But uh, you you did you did good homework. You're the first person to come on the show and say, "Hey, I'm choosing this, but also here's a clip that you should watch beforehand." Because you sent us a clip of uh, oh Robert, yeah, uh, him doing the the stand up act. 
I watched it like seven times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's such a funny ass bit. And like, it's, it has so many of the things that I appreciate from like that era of stand up. Like, nobody does call and response anymore. And it's true. it doesn't always work, but like when it does, it's really, really good. And like, everything that he's saying is so ridiculous. And it becomes so much more like just like wh- how are you even creating this story and telling it to me in real time <laughs> that to then be a part of it and like have like the whole like call and response like we babies kids <laughs> we don't die we multiply like that whole thing is just so damn yeah, funny he, he really um, had a command of that crowd yeah it's like by the third time that he like does like the whole setup like everybody is dying but they're like like hanging on to every single word that he's saying <laughs> and he's he's working so. He, he doesn't have to do any work up there. He's just like, Mm-mm. he exists. Josh, do you, so the audience knows what we're talking about. Do you want to you wanna give a synopsis of, of what Bebe's Kids is all about? Oh, boy. You know what? I actually found a synopsis by our buddy uh, Anthony Pereira. Oh, another. St- this is a double Anthony episode. <laughs> so for, Who is Anthony so Pereira? So first-time listeners, I this is very inside baseball for this podcast. But So I go on IMDb to find a synopsis for the movies, and this guy, like, comes up for a lot of movies. Or like, he did in the literally first 50% of 90s movies, for whatever reason, Anthony <laughs> Pereira just... took it upon himself to write <laughs> summaries of every single one of them. And I don't feel bad about like. Are you guys gonna get him on the podcast? I I, oh, I guess dude. we've been saying his email over and over again. We might as well. <laughs> that would be hilarious to be like, hey man, we've been reading your synopses for over two years on this podcast, I'm, and you have no I'm idea. I'm literally who we are. looking at his. I'm looking at his email right now. That might not be a bad idea, Anthony. You are fucking. This, dude. You should do have a job in talent booking. <laughs> <laughs> literally like as soon as you said that i was just like that's the stupidest goofiest thing ever how have you not done oh, man because we're right, well, not you all right well we're, we're cutting it from this app but josh we got to email yeah, that guy <laughs> yeah uh great uh, we should actually just cut this one early so i can go call him so you know thanks anthony yeah for, thanks anthony for being a guest all right everybody all right all right josh all right let here us we go know. here we go in anthony anthony prairie's own words Robert Harris recounts his disastrous first date with a beautiful girl named Jamika. Tagging along for the date are Jamika's mild-mannered son, Leon, and Jamika's friend, Bebe's three rude, crude, and obnoxious kids to a theme park called Fun World. Uh, this is a long one. Chaos ensues when Bebe's kids enter the theme park with adventures, including being chased by a group of government agents, destroying the Titanic, and being on trial. Also causing trouble when a first date turns sour due to interference by Harris's alimony-demanding ex-wife, Dorothy. Dorothea? What was her name? Dorothea, yeah. Dorothea uh, and her best uh, best friend, Vivian. It was actually pretty well-written for most of the... We're going to have him on the show. I shouldn't shit-talk him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, if we can get him on the show... Okay, anyway. Thanks for not sucking for once. Yeah. Please come on. Yeah, that was that's definitely a, a, a great synopsis, I think. So tell us what your childhood memory of this movie is, or like was Robin Harris a stand-up that you really liked when you were younger? Just tell us the context. Literally none of those things. I didn't become a huge fan of his until I was older. Um I'll kind of explain like how like that all like why it makes a lot of sense that way. But the movie itself, um, 
I think I've told Josh this before, but like there aren't a lot of like movies that were made towards and geared towards like young black kids when I was yeah. growing up. Like yeah. the stuff that I think are classics are the things that like I still really appreciate as an adult, but like they weren't made for me. It was just kind of made for like, you know, like black people, black filmmakers, black screenwriters, like putting together projects, casting nothing but black people and putting mm-hmm. that out. And if you were lucky, your parent might be like, all right, like you need to see, you know, so-and-so comedian because this is really funny stuff. And like, you know, the representation is there. Plus, we really want to go see it. So we're going to drag you with us. Um, But this movie, when it came out, I wasn't allowed to see because it was very clear that like it was being made for adults, even though it was a cartoon, which at the time it was like, wait, huh? Like that had never really been done. Yeah, that wasn't a thing though. But it It wasn't as popular as No, it's like... Pretty groundbreaking. Yeah, this was way before South Park. Like, there wasn't anything that was even close to this. And, like, I don't think there's really anything close to this now with, like, black films. So it was kind of like a groundbreaking thing that, like, just happened. Um, Boondocks? But I was like, Do you think oh, Boondocks like, if it's a cartoon, it's for or? me. Boondocks definitely but counts, but it's later. like that started off as the comic strip years later, like 99. Yeah. And then it doesn't become a TV show for, like, five more years after that. Yeah, true. So true. there's. It's like, to me, this is the movie that I think a lot of folks that like, you know, went into animation later on, it kind of is like that thing in the back of their mind of like, that might be one of their first kind of touch points to seeing a black person being animated and having like conversations with other black people. Like, it was kind of like a one of a kind thing. But because it was a cartoon, it was like, regardless of my parents telling me like, this is not for you. I was like, no, 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 no. That has (laughs) to be for me because it's a freaking cartoon. Like cartoons are made for me they're not made for adults they are made for like you know kids like me who love these and they would never give you one of these and not allow me to see it so i wasn't allowed to watch it for Mm. forever and it was like if it came on like we had like the the you remember like the old scramble boxes where like you could pull in like hbo and like yeah oh yeah yeah. and then all Mm -hmm. of the, the the yeah so i had one of those and like i would go to my parents room and i would watch like bits and pieces because remember like pay-per-view was like it was on a cycle so like you oh, couldn't like yeah, watch it from right. top to bottom. You had to like catch it whenever it I was on. I guess it still technically so works like I, that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like regular TV definitely does, but like now it's like pay per view is like on demand. Like you choose when you're gonna watch it, you pay for it, and then you have like a certain yeah. amount of time. Back then it was like ten thirty is when like the next showing of of Bebe's Kids is, <laughs> and you better be here because we're not gonna stop it for anybody. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I would like watch bits and pieces of it that way um and i just loved it i was like this is so freaking funny this is like ridiculous um so that's like the nostalgic part of me it was like it was the one thing i wasn't supposed to watch and that wasn't tailored towards me but like i was fascinated by it so yeah to me this was like the first like kind of like entryway into like oh like there's a world out there that that i'm not privy to and it's interesting as hell so yeah this is like that movie when when were you allowed to watch it for the first time I was never told that I was allowed to watch it. it <laughs> Even was... to this day? <laughs> yeah, like, I was, like... There, and, like <laughs> Still the top, can't like, watch There's so many movies like that, like, where, like, my parents would just, like, make an exception. Mm-hmm. Because even outside of, like, you know, this movie, a lot of movies weren't really, like... If they were made for a kid, it was very obvious it was being made for a kid. It was, like, dumbed down as hell. It was very basic, very boring. But there weren't a lot of movies that, like, were kind of, like, the bridge in between where it's, like pg with like a little bit of an edge like anything like that so yeah like there was never a point when like i was like told like you can watch this but there were so many other things that i watched that i should not have been allowed to watch when i did like i saw nutty professor with eddie murphy the week that it came out and i saw it three times (laughs) 
by different family members <laughs> taking me to go see it. And oh man, I'm like, there's no reason why a seven year old should have been in there. But like, I saw that, and like, there are a lot of other movies that are like that. My mom took me to go see a, a single white female when I was three years old because she couldn't find a babysitter, and she was like, "Well, that's what the fuck's happening today," and that's what we did. You're gonna learn something today. So. <laughs> It was like, hey, like you're gonna see some stuff, but I hope like you don't remember well, any you could, of it. You could, and I remember you that get movie to beginning to end. Like, come on, no, because that they drew like weird lines like that of like, oh, if this is a cartoon, but Robin Harris is stand up, like then it's definitely got some dirty stuff yeah. in it. But it's actually pretty like PG thirteen, like kind of by the book. Um, nothing really like ridiculously insane happens yeah, no. in it. Um, but now, nah, like my parents were just like, we don't want that to be your influences. Like these three terrible demonic ass children when we're trying to raise you to be better than this <laughs> there's gotta be like there's gotta be a lot of people out there that have like had that experience with this movie because it's like you said like there was no other in the cartoon world like avenues so it's like they release an animated movie and there's kids around that don't have like an animated show to like latch onto. so how how can they keep it out of their hands like they're gonna find a way to see yeah. it like it looks like the proud family it's just not like it's not a movie that is made for children at all but somehow it and and the mess up thing too is that it wasn't made for kids but like they kept kind of like slyly marketing it that way like it had a video game for the super nintendo which like i was never allowed to play (laughs) it had um uh it was really short it's only like an hour and some change which like all kids movies are supposed to be like you know this really quick like you know drop in a bucket type thing so I'm like, oh, it's timed perfectly for me. Like, it'll hold my attention span for this whole time. But it was very much this thing of, like, do not let Anthony watch this because he's not going to come out normal. Like, he's going to try to, like, emulate these terrible heathen-ass children. Oh, man. Thanks, Anthony. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I'm, I'm really ha- – I had never heard of this movie before. Even though I'm a big fan of stand-up in general – um, I had never heard of Robin Harris. He must have just been one that that flew under the radar for me. Um, Josh, what what about you? Had you heard of it or Robin Harris or? No. Oh my God! I was a a white kid in the mid '90s. I had a treasure trove plethora of movies yeah. and TV to watch. We had so choices. Course, no, <laughs> like yeah, we had we, options. Everything was made for us. So no, I I didn't even know this existed because I was busy watching like everything else that the world was making like specifically for my face. And it's interesting because like we're talking about uh, this movie being, you know, being more adult and like probably, you know, beyond your own parents, like a lot of parents looking at this and going like, I don't want my kids to see it. But at the same time, Tiny Toons was on Tiny Toon Adventures or wasn't it, or something like that? It just really has uh, yeah, like that a, sounds about right because it was on when like, I was a kid and we we're no, in the same age. Yeah. Well, it was well, no because this came out in ninety two. I don't remember. Well, anyway, it feels about it feels similar, and honestly, mm. I see that show as definitely more marketed at like wide audiences, and the themes in it and the stuff that happens in it feels the same. It's like. The story is more adult, but, like, the stuff that they do in it, yeah, like, the violence and, like, the references to, like, drugs or alcohol or anything like that, or even sex workers, it's, like, the same. Yeah, it's, they, there's a lot of, like, classic slapstick that this movie employs. Um, well, we and we can get into that in, in kind of the second half of, of what it was like to, to watch. Um, yeah. But, yeah, production back history, uh, I think I already mentioned this is... 
Bruce W. Smith's directorial debut. Um, who and Bruce W. Smith also this basically kind of launched his career in animation. Um, he was the he worked on Tarzan. He worked on Emperor's New Groove. Um, oh, the the Princess and the Frog. Um, and he was the creator of the Proud Family for Disney Channel. Um, wow. Yeah. So I know Anthony. I didn't know that when I said earlier, it looks like, like, oh, like it looks like Proud yeah. Family. It yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So he's well, there. It is. That's hilarious. Yeah, he has he has kind of launched into his his career as like in working in Disney. Um, and I guess the Proud Family is going to return with the Proud Family louder and prouder uh, on on Disney Plus. Yeah, coming to Disney so, Plus. So that's sure. very cool. Like that, this was kind of like his launching pad. Um, a lot of the other names I didn't really. Re- I mean, I think Tone Lock is kind of like a '90s, you know, one hit, maybe two hit wonder. He had a couple of songs, um, and he was in he was in this movie. Uh, Faison Love, who who plays Robin Harris's character, um, he like he like looks familiar to me, but I don't know if he's like a stand up or what, but. I get. I couldn't recognize anything else that he's been in. Had, oh, he was in. Um, I think he was an elf. Oh, yeah, he is. He's the uh, manager of the the Macy's. Yeah, yes, that that's it. right. Okay, I was like, I know, I know that guy from somewhere. Oh, dude, he was fucking hilarious. In that role. Um, have y'all ever seen the movie Friday? Yes. Oh yeah, he's in Friday. Oh, is he in Friday too? Yeah, he's a big worm. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, he's the guy that's trying to kill uh, Chris Tucker's character the whole movie. Oh. Chris Tucker, friend of the podcast. Um, not actually. We wish, though. <laughs> I was waiting for the story. I was like, wait, for real? We just like to say things, and then this doesn't premiere for another month, so hopefully in that time, like we've made friends with whoever we're talking about. We really yeah, like to set our expectations We plant high. the seed that Chris Tucker will somehow hear about our glowing review of his performance in The Fifth Element. Um, but uh, Bruce Willis, <laughs> aka Bruce Willis, that's never going to happen as many times as we talk about him. Unfortunately, that one is never going to happen. <laughs> I love though that like you're setting the benchmark of like, yeah, we're going to get Chris Tucker, and we only got a month. But if it doesn't happen, who cares? <laughs> well, <laughs> I just got to get him to respond to his DMs, and then the deal's done. Like, just need an <sighs> establishment. Yeah, not a whole lot else to say, like production history uh, wise, that we haven't already already said. So let's get let's take a short break, and then let's get into what it was like to watch Bebe's Kids in 2020. We'll be right back after this. Hey y'all, season three is here and we are extremely proud to now be sponsored by Audible. Audible is the leading platform for audiobooks. If you're listening to this podcast, we know you love having entertainment shoved into your ear holes. And Audible has a nearly endless catalog, including podcasts, theatrical performances, comedy, and Audible originals you won't hear anywhere else. Download Audible on the platform of your choice. Listen to titles on or offline. You can even listen on one device and resume listening on another device at the exact same spot. Want to listen to the audiobook of Matilda by Roald Dahl, featured on episode 36? Of course you do. Then visit audible.com slash tapes, tapes, tapes for a free trial. You'll be supporting the show and getting your nostalgia fix. Once again, that's audible.com slash tapes, tapes, tapes for your first free audiobook. Thanks, loyal listeners. All right, now let's get back to the show. 
everybody, welcome back to Tapes, Tapes, Tapes. All right. Um, it's getting fucking... Okay, hold on, I gotta open this box a little bit. It's getting fucking hot. Dude, why are you... You <laughs> gotta stop talking about the box. Why? Be- I don't it, know. It, it's what's, this is my reality. After, we're, after this... we're done recording, you're gonna need to text me a picture of the box. Um, okay, fine. So, Anthony, how long had it been since you'd seen Bebe's Kids? Um, the last time that I saw it was at some point in high school, and I can't even tell you if I saw it in full when I saw it the last time. Because you were still it. hiding it from your parents. I was still hiding. I still had Disney Channel on Last Channel, and I was still in my parents' room, just like flipping. Oh my god! It's like motherfucker, you're 17 years old. Like, <laughs> you're like, like today it'll come on on TV, and you'll still like kind of like grip your nails will go into your chair, like look around, keep your thumb on. I the still channel. got like source like ready like my thumb on yes. the trigger just in case i gotta jump over to playstation <laughs> or jump over to last what are you channel? watching nothing that was always nothing, nothing. that was always my trick is the weather channel what's I it would, look like i would just hit last channel and i would flip between like wrestling which i wasn't supposed to watch and uh the discovery channel um wrestling was the thing that you weren't allowed I, to like really I, like was it the violence yeah it, it was the my my parents were very like guilty of that whole thing of like if the kid sees it, they're going to do it. And I was like, I'm the least athletic mm. human in the neighborhood. Uh, like, why on I earth? Can, but the I, thing is, so hey, was Mick Foley. You know and what? Look what he was doing to himself. I can attest, it made you powerbomb me a couple times. Okay, and I but I... powerbomb <laughs> Al Davies on your bed. Uh, there were some DDTs la, in there, la, so la, it la. definitely... <laughs> but it's <Don't> because... Say... <laughs> It's because my parents told me not to. It was the forbidden fruit. Power bombing you on the bed was the forbidden fruit, Josh. That's real. <laughs> you gotta choke slam your friends. That's how they, you know, that they well, I was it. the tallest. Okay, wait, Anthony. <laughs> so, so what was it like to rewatch it after like fifteen years or, or however long it had been? Yeah, I had so many feelings. Um, one big one. Um. And, like, you kind of brought it up, too, like, because neither one of you had heard of this movie no, before, right? No, never heard of it. Um, and neither one of you were familiar with Robin Harris, too, right. correct? I, I love that, like, it's really sad that he died before, you know, he really got to make it. Because the original plan was to make it, like, a live-action movie. It was not supposed to be a cartoon. Oh, shit, I didn't It was going to star that. Robin Harris and, like, be, like, a whole thing. And then when he passed, it was like, well, we still want to make this because, like, you know, it's so funny. And it was like a labor of love for everybody that was involved. They got Donald Faison. I mean, Donald Faison. Uh, Faison loved to do the uh, the yeah. voice, which he sounds just like him. And for years, I didn't realize that wasn't Robin Harris. Um, yeah. So, like, that was super cool. Um, no, like, to me, it's like, oh, like, we're going to carry this over, like, you know, the finish line. Everything about that is super dope. And because Robin Harris, like, you know, he's from almost like our parents generation of like stand-up comedians and because he died so young it's like this is kind of the only thing that we have to remember him yeah um i like that he has like you know like this like monument of just like hey like we did that thing that you always wanted to make and we did it as best as we possibly could while keeping you in mind and like the estate was involved like all of those things and it's rare that you get to see a project like that completed in a way that i feel like the original artist would really appreciate and would really like Mm. Um, and would probably like him be like if he were here he'd probably watch that and be like that was hilarious that was exact that's better than what I could have imagined being able to do yeah you know? yeah um, so yeah all of those things were super dope but the other fun thing um, Robin Harris uh, is also in the movie House Party and that's one of like my all time favorite movies like ever and it didn't really occur to me as an adult 
how much influence Robin Harris had on that. And then because it's the uh, same producer, Reginald Hudlin, a lot of like the influence that went into that went into Bebe's Kids too. So like a lot of like the lines, a lot of like the jokes and stuff that he had that were like all Robin Harris and House Party, they're also in uh, Bebe's Kids because it's like, oh, like that's who Robin was. He loved Dolomite. He loved like, oh, you know, yeah. like a lot of like the, the jokes, all those like references, the humor and stuff. Yeah. So they they make those references both in House Party and in this. And I'm just like, oh, it's nice that like they really understood this guy and they were able to like, you know, do this in in a real like, you know, like not even just like in Memorial. It's like, no, no, no. If he were here, this is a thousand percent what he'd be making. I it, it didn't dawn on me the first time watching this that they got so much of him right in this. Yeah. And you don't see that too often. That's dope as hell. Wow. Yeah, that that's really cool. Um did you like so that that's that's all really interesting did you think that like um the humor itself like the the movie holds up against like modern cartoons or what or like what he would have envisioned i'd say that one good thing about it that it does it does not overstay its welcome it's a really short movie and when it ended i was like that's exact I was like, that's about the length of like a cartoon special. Yeah. Like this, if it came out today, would be like a straight to DVD or like straight to streaming right. type thing. Um, it doesn't need to have like a theatrical run. But I was like, okay, that's pretty like, you know, straight to the point in like how like you make a cartoon. That part was cool. Um, a lot of the comedy in it does really stand up and like does kind of like, you know, still work and it's still really mm-hmm. funny. Um there were definitely some moments in there where I was like, this definitely came from the 90s and this definitely feels mad dated. <laughs> but as far as like, you know, it being this thing kind of an homage to him and like, you know, getting all of that right, it, it checks off all of the boxes. For me, I'm just like, I guess watching it now, it not only feels like this thing like in Memorial to him, it also feels like this like weird time capsule thing. Because like we talked about yeah. like, this cartoon that came out before South Park and before like, you know, cartoons were made for adults. And how it featured, like, you know, a black ensemble. And, like, that even was kind of rare. I I really can't Um, think of an earlier example. I mean, I'm sure some, like, real animation historian out there would be able to be like, there was this thing. Um, Like, I know Wizards (laughs) was another movie that we did watch that was, like, from the 70s. Um, That was definitely not for kids. The only thing I think we might... Well, we definitely did have was The Simpsons. That's the only other thing that was around that was close. Yeah, where The Simpsons was... And the only reason that it's close is because it was like, this is for kids and for adults. Like, it kind of... Yeah, it checks it's like all the yeah. Homer's going to drink a beer and talk about, like, being a dad, but then, like, he's going to trip and fall down like a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're going to have episodes yeah. that are, like, Bart episodes and Maggie episodes and, um, yeah. and everything. Yeah. I- and that was something that I like. I was reflecting on it while I was watching it, and I was like, "Wow, this is like yet another thing where like where black people and persons of color like led the way with this thing that now is like huge and popular, and we kind of take for granted." <laughs> like yet another example of that. So that like I don't know. That's one of the one of my big takeaways. Joshua, you were going to say something else. Well, it, it you know the thing that I I mean Anthony talked about it, but the thing that I really enjoyed the most about this and why I think it holds up is because it is kind of dealing with the same thing that like the Simpsons does where they make it relatable material to both kids and adults. Like I think about a lot of the other animated stuff that I saw at this time as a kid 
and it didn't have any sustenance to it. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just like bullshit adventures and like we hate our parents and let's go ride (laughs) uh, skateboards. Yeah. Like this actually had like a story and a message to tell. We arguably more than 50 percent of the movies we watched for this podcast have been exactly that. Like, (laughs) like there's nothing to it other than just flash hey that was it's so weird that like the 80s and like 90s kind of crafted like their own version of what a child should be like and it's like you should wear a backwards baseball cap and go skateboarding everywhere and love ice cream i'm like what fucking child have you watched ever they don't do any of these things when do you open up a a creamsicle or an ice pop and like your parents go don't have that you go like i'm gonna have it mom and then you turn blue And like then you then you air guitar and that's that's what I want that's what I want my life to be that's how I was raised. We were raised to believe that like children's supposed to be like caricatures of cartoons and it was just like that's not at all. So true. And that that's what actually one of my favorite parts of this movie is the very beginning of it because it pays so much respect. Uh, to Robin Harris like they they show his, like they do this really artful job of just showing his stand up like yeah. as it is like, it's almost kind of jarring it. like in a yeah. in a well, good way ultimately I think but yeah but even without the context of knowing who he is or how he contributed to this it's like oh here's this stand up doing a really you know funny stand up bit and they transition it so cleanly into the animation like I think even like as he's doing it, they start having like the animated version, like saying his words. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what other thing have I seen where it's like obviously based on like a story Ooh. somebody else did or a true story where they really like, let's take the first part of the movie to just like honor that person. I'm hmm. sure there's a lot of examples, but like this one just really stood out for me. And I love that it they found a way to land it, which like. Stand-up is all about, like, you know, like, the laugh. And, like, you never get, like, you know, the other side of the coin of, like, the sad drama part. Because it's, like, that's not the point of what we're doing. (laughs) Um, But I love that the way that they land the whole thing is, like, why are Bebe's kids so terrible? And it's, like, because they come from a disenfranchised neighborhood. It's sad where they're from and they never get to have fun. So they act out and they're, like, really terrible to anybody that comes in contact with them because that's how the world treats them. Yeah, they've got to take what they can get. It's such a very... Even right? if they have it's to like take we it, we literally are given anything, and we're gonna run yeah. with it, and we're gonna be terrible to it, and we're not gonna know how to show it love because nobody's loved us, Oof. and we don't know what it's like to go to a theme park and like you know be well behaved because where we're from, nobody's well behaved. Right. The ice cream man doesn't come around. They don't deliver pizza to us anymore. Yeah. Like it's it's such a real thing of just like you kind of made this monster, and then y'all try to put it into like you know like the corner and like treat it like you know. It should be in timeout for the rest of his life. But it's like, yeah, if you do that, then it's going to act out on you sometimes because you weren't showing it love. And I like that that was the the overall story of it. It's not like the sad thing of like, I had to deal with these terrible demon children and like they took mm-hmm. all my money and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but they're also like, they don't know any better. I think they really know? had some smart people working on this movie. I mean, I, you know, some people are, are going to who who have seen it um you know it it is kind of dated it is it is a product of its time there's some of the humor that um doesn't really hold up as much like um like robin harris's character or, or rather phase on love how do you name robin harris <laughs> um like he's constantly threatening to beat these kids 
And that's something that's like, yeah, maybe that wouldn't happen in a movie nowadays. But but to take that stand-up bit that that is just just like it, it's it's a stand-up bit, so it's just meant to be funny. And then to have this like, well, hey, this is why these kids are like this. Like that's that was surprisingly profound. I thought um for that to kind of it's a really sad moment where you're just like oh like y'all don't have any and he's just like all right well lock the door uh and then he kind of leaves and then eventually he comes back up i kind of i kind of flipped my like how i felt about this movie kind of halfway through it because like when i was getting into it i saw you know the stand-up bit and i built a very particular world of what i kind of saw as these kids as these kids and i started seeing the movie and i couldn't help but think like man i've the the kids that robert uh, robin harris painted seemed so much more violent than what i'm seeing right now <laughs> and like and robin harris is just kind of like this deer in the headlights the whole time of like Shh, i gotta be around these kids uh. and then we get in the movie and it <laughs> It feels like a little like it's it's dumbed it's like the violence is dumbed down to be like a little bit more silly and like Looney Tunesy yeah, and Robert yeah. and the Robin Harris character is very clearly like trying to be a father figure and like yelling at them at stuff and I'm like I just wanted to see some like slapstick abuse mm. but then it became like an actual movie about like yeah like like I mean I don't need to repeat it but. Why this is people, a sad like, situation for these kids. <laughs> it's it's a lot more three-dimensional than I thought it was going to be because Robin Harrison's story is just, like, about some fucking vicious kids, and I was excited to see some vicious kids. All right, folks, wh- what are some favorite moments from the movie? Anything jump out to you? The very first one that jumped out, I don't think it ever occurred to me as a kid, or even, like, as I got older, like, the last time I watched it, that the, the bartender at the very top of it is blind. <laughs> And is just missing every time that he pours a drink. Yeah, that bit never got old to me, and I just kept finding it funnier each time that he did it. Oh god! Because he's perfectly good at like navigating everything else. He just keeps like missing the drink each time that he pours it, but he's standing right in front of it. Yeah, that part was great. J- Josh, what about you? Favorite moments? Oh, the the straight jack and rap. The straight jack and rap. What was that? Straight part? jack and rap so when oh, they're jacket. at the theme park <laughs> yeah. so when they're at the theme park and they meet the other kids and they start introducing themselves uh through through a song yes. it is a that is a great fucking song like it is a great <laughs> rap yeah yeah that 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 part was really great i mean there there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of moments that there's there's a lot of moments that stick out to me but for whatever reason the thing that i'm thinking about right now is um it's it's this trope and it was more common in like the the 80s and 90s of whenever black comedians would do the white person voice <laughs> for whatever reason that tickles me so hard and I think it's because I have a very typical white person voice. <laughs> so I always hear it and I'm always like, yep, that's my dad. Like, that's exactly what wasn't, I said. Was, wasn't that your official typecast uh, in like when you went to school or something? Or yeah, something? I was. I was literally, there was one uh, play that I was in where I was literally cast as the man <laughs> in all of its implications. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, boy. I love that so much. (laughs) We could clearly sit here all night and just have fun chatting about Bebe's kids, but we do have to rate it. Anthony, 
Do you give 1990s Bebe's kids an eject and reject or a be kind and rewind? Oh, be kind and rewind a thousand percent. You know, like we talked about the representation and I think that's huge. Um, The fact that this is like, you know, basically in memoriam to a person with like what they created because like y'all said, like, you know, like y'all weren't too familiar with him. I'm sure there's a 15 year old who A, has no idea that this movie yeah. exists. B, has no idea who Robin Harris is. But I'm like, this is the thing that, like, you know, will outlive him and everybody that knows him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's very necessary that, like, you know, that's out there for people to, like, you know, be able to pick up on and be like, oh, like, there was a cartoon that came out around this time with these actors in it. And it was all based on the stand up. Like, that could influence somebody someday to do something incredible. That's a really and good point. For those two reasons alone, I'm just like, you know, there's some there's some kid out there who, you know, he he's familiar with Aaron Magruder because of the boondocks yeah. or, you know, he's seen like, you know, stand up via just like Netflix or like, you know, just like whatever he's able to get his hands on. And for them to find this could completely change the trajectory of like their career and like what we can do with the art that exists, all of that. Um, so, no, I think that this movie should be on netflix everywhere available for streaming and yeah <laughs> people should a thousand percent watch this movie nice josh what do you think i'm gonna dumb it down a lot and just say be kind of rewind because it's fun funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah I... no 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 it, it <laughs> i'm actually gonna extrapolate on that <laughs> okay uh, i mean you could just no, I de- that but no i i de- uh uh, I definitely be kind of rewinded uh, for all the reasons that Anthony said that I did not find the words to uh, even before, even if I were to speak first, um, but <laughs> yeah. purely because it, it, you know, I've said it in other episodes, I've got a little bit of nineties fatigue every once in a while. Yeah. And I mm. did not, I did not feel it at all in this. Um Maybe purely because it was it, it was a representation of something that we haven't really had too much on this on this podcast, so that in itself was very refreshing. But it was just great to see something that actually had some meaning at the end of it that represented somebody very warmly. So yeah, f- yeah, please watch this. Anybody watch this? Whatever, whoever you are. Yeah, I'll I I'm gonna just just jump in and 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 kind of build upon that. I would also give it a be kind and rewind and. To Josh's point, like one of the one of my favorite things that we've been doing with this season three, because we've been having guests before. We didn't we didn't have guests on either of the other two seasons um, uh, of tapes. We tapes, tried tapes. having ourselves as a guest once on an episode where we were inter- <laughs> interdimensional. Oh, yeah. Like be- that didn't really work. That out. did Maybe not visit that. That was a never ending story. So we were like, "What's the dimension of people?" Anyway. Uh, one of my favorite things about having guests on the podcast has been, you know, looking at movie, watching movies that we wouldn't watch because we generally watch movies that are from our childhood. And frankly, uh, everything was made for us. Um, we are white. If there's one thing I've learned from doing this. It's everything was made for Every, us. Everything was made for us. We're white. We're boys. It just uh, like those are just kind of the defaults. So it was really interesting to to watch this. Um, and I, honestly, I didn't even know how I was going to be able to talk about it. Like before I started recording, when when I was talking to Morgan, um, I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to talk about this movie. I feel like I'm kind of like out of my depth. Um, but I I think that just kind of talking about like 
experiencing it and like how good it actually is and how how well it holds up um i really think that those are contributing fact like there is no barrier for entry to this to this movie i mean you're going to be better off if you see robin harris's stand-up set before watching it um, and you should and we'll, you we'll put you in touch with uh the uh, the, the estate <laughs> the harris estate um but it it i really think that it that it holds up surprisingly well and it's a very unique um example of representation that that like today movies still don't get right like at best black characters are like the best friend still and it's it's considered prog- it's right. like considered progressive if or you kill have f- like killed first in the horror movie <laughs> or or it's it's like it's considered progressive if they have a black friend and an indian friend whoa can you imagine mm-hmm. that <laughs> we haven't gotten into this on uh on um not the oscars yet but like my my I'm not even sure like how to like where what category I put this thought into. I love movies that were made by black yeah. artists in the 80s and then the 90s and even like the early 2000s because for the most part they didn't have a lot of budget to work with, which meant like great, like you know like we were able to get this funded, we were able to make this thing happen and ultimately we didn't have to like, you know, meet with a bunch of producers in order to do it the way that we wanted it to. Um, and they feel all very authentic. Like watching this, I was like, this is kind of the black experience in a cartoon, which would never happen now because animation's expensive and you're going to have that one white exec that's in the room that's going to be like, pay for you have to do it this way. Like, yeah. or like, you know, yeah. this has to like, you know, be digestible for everybody that sees it, not just black audiences. But like <laughs> Bebe's Kids was not made for white people. Like it was just made for black people to go see this movie yeah. and for us to talk about it afterwards. Like, can y'all believe that they gave them... <laughs> enough money to get that cartoon done and that they got to include all that crazy stuff in there that's insane and it was like that for a really long time and now it's like you know you go see like you know a movie that's starring kevin hart for example and like they're great the representation is awesome it's great that like you know they have the budgets and all these things going on but ultimately too even watching that or like you know watching something like blackish it's very apparent that they're not just making this with the black audience Mm -hmm. in mind because it's very clear that there are certain things that have to be explained, yeah. things that have to be dumbed down, things that can't be said the way that you want to necessarily. Um, but all of the movies from this generation are just like, we aren't explaining anything to anyone because we made this movie on $5,000 <laughs> in a prayer. Yeah. So sorry about you. Yeah, I, I, I like that. It's one thing that resonates with me on that is like, when you don't have a lot of resources, you have to be creative. You you have to push the on the the creative envelope because you only have so much. Um, so mm-hmm. I yeah I, I I really like that. Um, do you do either of you have recommendations for what folks should watch either instead of this movie or maybe in addition to this movie? Um, definitely the first House Party movie, which came out in nineteen ninety, I think. Believe nineteen. 19- 1990 okay i was gonna say 89 um so yeah it came out a couple of years before it was robin harris's biggest movie at the time and a lot of the people that were involved with that movie then went on to do Bebe's kids so like it nice. feels very much like in like the same vein and like it kind of feels like almost like an unofficial sequel um the the only recommendation that i had um was a movie that morgan reminded me of that we we watched back in it came out in 2015 it was called Dope. 
Have either of you seen that movie or heard of that movie? Oh, yeah. Nope. It came out in... You said 2015? Yeah, 2015 with Shamik Moore, the guy who plays uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah. Rick Family Yewa directed that. Rick is like the guy. Like he's also like another really, really talented director. But uh, yeah, Dope is is really good. Um, and a very like unique story, I feel like. Um, it's it's well shot. It's well acted. Um, yeah, it's it's just really good. Produced by... Uh, uh, another friend of the podcast, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> now every time, <laughs> shit, you give us so much. Work. Now oh, every time right. I think about friend of the podcast, I just think about Josh scrambling to try to get them on the podcast. I'm on fucking Instagram. Hold on, I can't help but think of For- and and we'll we'll introduce him as and please welcome Forrest Whitaker from the movie Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! All right. Well, Anthony, thank you again for being on the podcast. We we truly I recommend RoboCop it. 2 as usual. Okay. <laughs> you always recommend RoboCop. What? Oh, I'm getting I'm getting skipped now? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have a recommendation? You never do, no. so Watch RoboCop 2. Okay. I don't need to give a recommendation. Thank you, Anthony, Anthony for I, being on the podcast. I literally want to hire Anthony to, um, to I'm give muting recommendations. Josh's audio don't right just now. talk. So, Anthony, he's not muting my audio. He's amplifying it. <laughs> I did the editing this time. You, you want to share that the fine my, folks, like maybe they can find you somewhere? Um, My Instagram is Air Conway, A-I-R Conway. Um, that is... The only place that I use that at is Instagram. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the only place where I have that handle. Um, but yeah, follow me there if you want to follow me on anything. Um, and then uh, the uh, Josh and I also do another <gasps> podcast uh, called Not the Oscars. It's um, true. This is the first time I've ever gotten to plug it anywhere. But yeah, uh, definitely check that out if you enjoyed this and if you want to hear us talk about other movies and stuff like that too. Um but this was super, super dope. I, I'm, I'm honored that I was asked to Aww. do this, first and foremost. Oh, man, come on. Because um, I've heard so much about this, like, when, like, Josh tells me about it. Like, I remember, like, you guys, like, working on this when it was still, like, in the early inception of it. I think, like, two years ago, he and I chatted Aww, about it. that's awesome. Um, and, oh, yeah. no, I'm like, that's super dope. Uh, and, yeah, it gave me an excuse to watch Bebe's Kids on a Monday <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. And you know what? I'll yeah, take it. That, that isn't. Thank you for that. Yeah. And yes, please go check out Not to Oscars, particularly if you enjoyed our episode uh, where we talked about Men in Black and how amazing Vincent D'Onofrio's performance was. Um, if you appreciated that, you should definitely check out Not to Oscars. Um, oh, good call. So thank you again for for being on the the episode, Anthony. Um, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Um, audio mixing and songs and all of the audible things are created by yours truly, Evan William Crockett. And the show is produced by Joshua Bowen. Uh, Josh, you want to tell the fine folks uh, how they can support the podcast? Yeah, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, I believe it's just Patreon slash tapes, exclamation point, tapes, exclamation point, tapes, exclamation point. And that's alphanumeric, not spelled out, just so it's not... Don't get confused. Uh, And we have stickers on there. If you want to sport some merch, working on getting some board shorts. (gasps) Wait, what? That's that's one that we're going to (laughs) do? 
<laughs> nope, that's just another. So Forrest Whitaker, board shorts, and, uh, and Chris Tucker. who's the other actor? Chris Tucker. I'm just setting myself some milestones. I have no idea how I'm going to make board shorts. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I think I'm getting too hot in this box. I'm coming up with weird ideas. You're, yeah, you're starting to lose your mind. Um, thank you all for listening to this episode of Tapes, Tapes, Tapes. We love you. We mean it. And we'll see you next week. We'll be right back.